Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And today we have with us very special guest, like always, Tanya Pushkin. Over the last five years, she has worked with hundreds of couples and some, I think you even mentioned in your bio with the likes of Beyonce. And she's created meaningful experiences using the power of words. She has started to share the secret of having a truly impactful wedding, shifting the focus of your day to what truly matters, which is your marriage. Welcome, Tanya. How are you today? Hello, Fallon. It's so nice to (laughs) hear you and see you again. I'm great. Thank you. This is such a treat. We have been doing some outreach to our social media, to our listeners through social media and through email and asking them, what are your questions? What do you want to hear from someone regarding your ceremony? So we've got lots of things to like chat about today. I think it's going to be a really beautiful uh, session together. But I want to kick off with your company name is called The Vow Whisperer. I think that's s- exceptional. But tell us a little bit more about what you do as a Vow Whisperer. <laughs> of course. The Vow Whisperer, and that came, you know, it was a friend of mine who came up with that name one day, and I run, ran home and bought the URL and like started <laughs> this business without a strategy, without anything except a crazy idea. So what do I do? I started originally helping couples. That was the first thing, helping couples with their vows. But it's important to know I'm not the writer. So there are wonderful ghost vow writers out there. Not that many, a few. And basically they interview you and then turn around full set of vows for you within a week. Boom, boom, you're done. I have a very different method. I use only the person's words in order to craft Mm. their vows. So it's either through interviews or a questionnaire or any other way I can get all of this meat out of them because there's a Mm. lot of meat in a relationship (laughs) and we really dive deep. This is an exercise in self-reflection, bringing up all these amazing experiences and moments and stories and obstacles and all kinds of things in your lives. And I use their words to create the first draft of their vows. And then it becomes very collaborative, back and forth, back and forth. They are editing as much as I am. I say I'm not the writer, but once we've got something in place, then of course I will edit and I'll suggest and I'll (laughs) massage the words because sometimes people are not good writers. So I will make it sound great. And we go back and forth until they're happy. And then we go into part two. Part two is just as important as part one. And that's delivery. And that's what I call performance coaching. Because you can write the most beautiful words in the world. But if you're standing up there and you are flatlining, you are monotone Mm. and boring, it's going to be people are going, the guests are going to look at their watches and go, where's my first drink? I got to get out of (laughs) here. So... It's a lot about, you know, it's how not to mumble, 
how to have the voice projected properly, how to make eye contact and not just be glued to your vow book, but mm-hmm. make eye contact with the spouse you're about to marry. I look at body language, all of that. It's the delivery because if you agree with me or not, I feel that a wedding and especially the ceremony, it's a production, it's a performance. Mm-hmm. And we want people to be, to shine. We want them to be the best they can be. And so it's a yes. two-part process. So that's one of the things I do. <laughs> I became an officiant out of some of my couples saying, wow, we, we love working with you. Would you marry us? And oh. so it was like, that's how it sure. started to happen. <laughs> and, you know, and I now, I travel all over the world to do this and I absolutely love doing this because honestly, it's back to the performance coaching. I was an actress Mm -hmm. way, way back. I'm performing. To officiate a ceremony, it's to hold that audience, to work off of their energy and vibe and know that I've really got them, which is what I was Mm. trained to do. And so being able to, to give back in that way, I'm not just reciting words. I'm really I'm holding the room for those 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I also coach the other thing that I do, and this came out of the pandemic. Every uncle, sister, (laughs) best friend decided that they were going to become an officiant. So great, you know, but not so great because these people have no idea what to do. And it's a huge Mm. ask. That couple is saying, Uncle Johnny, would you officiate our wedding? Poor Uncle Johnny, he doesn't know. What is he going to start to Google how to write a wedding How ceremony? to be an officiant, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's huge. And so very often a couple will hire me on behalf of this Uncle Johnny or whoever's marrying them. And what I will do is I take it off of this person's plate. They don't have to write the ceremony. I do it mm-hmm. with the couple. Because I really believe the couple needs to be completely in charge of this ceremony and not get surprised and have it be really what they want. And Mm -hmm. so I craft the ceremony with the couple and then I'll coach Uncle Johnny on his story, which is usually after he's welcomed everybody, then it it goes into, hi, I'm Uncle Johnny and I've known niece Sally since she came out of the womb (laughs) and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I've watched them evolve as a couple and all, you know, the story, basically I will help them in crafting that story. And then really important, I will teach this person all the logistics. Like you can say, please rise, but then a lot of people forget to say, please be seated. You know, I'm something (laughs) silly like that, or get out of the frame of the photographer when they're saying their vows to each other, or when they're doing that kiss at the end, get out of the frame. Or, you know, when to turn the microphone to whoever's doing their vows, how to give them their vow book. It's all the logistics, how to use a microphone. What happens when the videographer wants to mic you up? It's all of these many, many logistics. And I coach the person to basically be a pro. All right. And then speeches and toasts, and that's kind of it. Yeah. All right. All right. So you're basically our performance person. You're navigating Mm. the words, you're navigating how the ceremony is kind of choreographed, the people speaking, making sure the words are beautiful and performed beautifully. Exactly. And yeah, making sure you're the cherry on top. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm actually, you know, the way I look at it is I create bespoke wedding ceremony experiences. It's an experience. Yes. It's those 30 minutes. And it's also, you know, guests have just come in. They've maybe gotten a drink or not. I usually suggest that they should have a glass of champagne before the ceremony just to warm them up a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, not a bad idea. But it's it's the first 30 minutes of this event. It's the beginning of the celebration for the next six hours. And it's also the foundation of your marriage. These first 30 minutes are the beginning of your marriage. And this is really important. You know, let's let's make it the best it can possibly be. Agreed. So what are what would you suggest is like kind of the right timeline for beginning your search for an officiant? I know working with our couples, you know, it it's something I kind of put on the front end once we start getting your venue solidified and if you're not r- having a wedding at a church, I'm like, all right, who's who's running this event, right? Who's running your ceremony right. and trying to have those conversations, right. whether we're bringing in a rabbi or whether we are hiring an officiant or is your cousin doing it? When on a timeline right. would you suggest <laughs> we start to to think about the ceremony and think about who's officiating? I used to, I used to say, you know, maybe six months, eight months out, and I, I now suggest longer. And one of the reasons, mm. and but trust me, like the wedding world has changed. I have so many people who come to me three, four, five months ahead of the ceremony, uh, the wedding. Yeah, it's like that two-year <laughs> mark that hardly exists anymore. I mean, I did just get booked yeah. for October 2025. I thought, wow, I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. You and me but, both. <laughs> um, the, yeah, exactly. You know, if it's a year out or if it's six months out, officiating is one thing. Crafting the ceremony, I can turn that around pretty quickly. The vow work, mm-hmm. I find the couples, you know, the last three months, they're so stressed, even if they have like an Uber planner like you. They're still stressed and the the process is chaotic. And so I try to get them while they're still chill, while they're still relaxed, not overly stressed. Let's start because the vow work is, it requires a lot, like I said, deep reflection, self-reflection. It requires a lot of Mm -hmm. thought going back in time. Don't do this when you're stressed out. Let's, let's start (laughs) as early as possible. Yeah. Okay. I agree. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. 
wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. As a woman of faith, I am like, I'm going to have my pastor do it. I already know I'm really ready. But at the same time, as someone who's seen some weddings with even the best pastors or reverends or even rabbis, some of them are not, they're not great on the personality front. And (laughs) sometimes their delivery isn't spectacular. Is this a service you could also offer to people who want maybe would have you ever experienced that? Like, Hey, do you mind coaching my rabbi? Has anyone ever asked you that? Really? I've done it. Actually. Yeah. I've actually done it. I would say about a dozen times. Yes. And yeah. And, it, it works, you know, and it's when a couple comes to me and says exactly that, you know, my rabbi's kind of boring, but we, you know, he's been in the family for the last 30 exactly. years. Yeah. No, I, you know, I will coach them. Yes, I will. Actually, and then sometimes I actually end up, I don't know how this, I end up co-officiating with rabbis or pastors. Yes. Then the, okay. rabbi, the rabbi says, Hey, you know, I really like working with you. Let's do this together. Let's, like, yeah, let's sure. go on the road. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the show Let's on the road. road. Show. Right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, people need coaching. Yes. yes, yes, and that's beautiful. That that's that they're open to it, and like it even makes them better. And then it's, it's definitely going to make them perform their next ceremonies even better. So it's it's yes. such a win win situation. I love that. Now exactly. let's talk from the from the perspective of folks who are not having a religious ceremony, and understanding they still want it to feel as equally meaningful. Are there any tips or kind of things on your mind that you would relate to someone who's wondering how do they make a non-religious ceremony still have that kind of power? So something I always ask, which I find is very important, is what is your ancestry? Where do you come from? Mm. Who are your grandparents? Where were they born? Because I love to find nuggets of those cultures mm. and ethnicities. So nothing mm-hmm. to do with religion. I mean, sure, we can, I bring in religion if they want it. But if it's strictly civil, no religion, then let's, let's focus on where you're from. So, you know, if you're Indian, which I've done, it's pretty funny, but I've now done about 15 Indian fusion ceremonies. Really? I mean, I'm a white Jewish woman and I do Indian ceremonies. I love this. So, I know. <laughs> but I, you know, if it's non-religious, let's find some cool something in your past. Mm. Ask your grandparents, what did they do at their ceremony? You know, is there a tea ceremony to do? Is there a ritual? Love. Is there a tradition? Something to make it a little bit more exciting. Rather, I mean, of I course we can do 
you know, the traditional serum, but I always like to bring in something that's yeah unusual. Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And uh, kind of in that vein, when you're balancing, when you're kind of balancing tradition, sometimes those traditions for certain couples who, who are looking for something that's a little bit more quality focused, like no Mr. and Mrs. kind of situation, do you still kind of emphasize the focus on just like, let's focus on the tradition and uh, or kind of more cultural aspects as opposed to like, let's focus on bride, groom, like how do you fuse even when it's two people coming together that are potentially the same sex? I don't think it matters who they are. You know, Love. we do. Yeah, we really, I mean, I've married every combination you can think of. I've, <laughs> they all came together. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who they are. The, you know, it really doesn't. If they want me to focus on the fact that they're a gay couple, or, but I don't, I don't ever distinguish or delineate who they are from tradition. It's really about who they are as people. And let's that part. Yeah, let's let's make this a beautiful whatever. No matter what <laughs> what you are, who you are. Yeah. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other tips or ideas when it comes to ceremony? Because I think to me, I find that the ceremonies when you're when your friend is officiating it per se, and you don't have someone training them, right? Like yourself. It runs like 15 minutes. And I'm like, yo, guys, like I needed that to last a little bit longer because cocktail hour uh-huh. is still not ready. Right. And often the friend that they find to officiate over them, I'm like, are you sure this is the person you really want to speak over your union? Right. What are some of your ideas or what what are your feelings when it comes to picking a friend and how to pick that right friend? Or family member? Well, what's really important, number one, is this person has to be very comfortable speaking in public. Because that right there, and they've 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 got to be able to hold a room mm. and not be a shy, introverted person. This is a your presence. You are you're creating a, a new union. You know, this is mm-hmm. so be super comfortable speaking in public, enunciate well, just be a good public speaker. But also, okay, so it's funny that you said the 15 minute thing. <laughs> I, I really, I, I recently did a wedding and it was over much too fast. And the wedding planner got so angry with me because cocktail <laughs> hour was not ready. <laughs> oh, it did not go over well. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, the bulk of the ceremony is probably 15 minutes, but then add a reading or two, add a poem, mm. ring you know, family members or friends up to, to do a reading or do one of those rituals, do a sand ceremony or a unity candle or something else mm-hmm. to fill the room. Because anything less than 15 minutes, you're kind of jipping the guests because they've come yeah. for a ceremony. You know, give them give something. Give them a ceremony. Yeah. Give them a ceremony. Yeah, I w- exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, give yeah, me give a them show. Something. <laughs> yeah. So anything less than 20 minutes is just a little too short and sweet, you know, so there are plenty of things to add. But then again, the other tip is make sure that your friend or family member, whoever's doing a reading or a poem, they're also comfortable speaking in public. I've had Mm. people come up there with their paper just shaking like a leaf 
Oh, you know, yeah, not good. (laughs) Not good. So make sure that someone's very comfortable doing that. Okay. Perfect. And then for, let's say we have like, you've done co-officiating. What if there's a situation for a need to have a bilingual ceremony? How do you navigate that? Or do you have any tips on how to kind of manage the expectations from both parties? Sure. I actually just did a bilingual ceremony. I speak Spanish and I speak French. So I just did a Spanish English one for, you know, the one of the guys was Latin American, the other very American. And (laughs) so I did English and Spanish. But the other thing is like, I'm thinking back, I did a Korean wedding last year. Most of the her family, Korean had come from Korea. They spoke absolutely no English. So what we did was we had the whole ceremony printed in Korean in a program. Mm. And that was, that was our answer to that. I have also co-officiated where I had, I said something in English, they said something, it was in Danish. And we went back and forth. And the ceremony was much, it wasn't that the ceremony was shorter, but I had to account for everything I said had to be said again in the other language. So being repeated. So in essence, it was a shorter, still was long, but it was not as long as it could have been had it been only in English. So I think there are ways of going about it. Um, I think a program is very helpful. Yeah, I think even for like traditional, um, like whether it's an Indian or a Nigerian or something where there's lots of ceremonies happening, I always suggest a program to our couple so that people can kind of follow along because it's not the the -hmm. normal ring exchange, read the vows, we're out of here kind of thing. It's like there's 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 a lot of, um, things and also the meaning behind them is so beautiful. Exactly. You want to understand like why are they doing this? This is really cool. Um, so I I agree that for a bilingual ceremony, definitely having a program that outlines exactly what's kind of happening in both in both yep. languages so that everyone can can feel together. Exactly. Do you have to rehearse? Do you schedule time to like rehearse with someone who's bilingual so that you can kind of practice the ceremony delivery? Do you have that luxury often or have there been times where you've like kind of been dropped in the deep end? Like we're going to hope this works. (laughs) I've had both, you know, I like, I mean, if there is an unusual circumstance, so if it is co-officiating with a rabbi or co-officiating with somebody who's speaking the other language, I do like to have a rehearsal on zoom. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's the same that, you know, when I'm coaching an efficient, and sometimes I'm coaching three family members who are doing a ceremony. We're talking, that's a lot of moving parts. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've done several, three sibling officiants and that all of that requires rehearsals. Absolutely. I don't want to wing it. Yeah. <laughs> At all. Yeah, period. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, of course you, you have to sometimes, but and I, that's the part that I, I credit my acting background is that I can walk into a situation and improv and, you know, fake my way through it if I have to. <laughs> yeah. I love that. When it comes to find, fi- let's say asking uncle Johnny, can you perform this wedding? Uncle Johnny has to have some prerequisites. He has to actually be seen in the state to get married, to sign your paperwork. Talk to me about what it actually means to be an officiant. What are those responsibilities and what does it mean when you're having a friend do it? 
It is very easy to get ordained. There are two uh, institutions, Universal Life Church or American Marriage Ministries. It literally takes five minutes online. But once you get that paperwork, you've got to find out if your state or your city, because every single location in America has their own rules. Every county, every village, every town, their own rules. So you have to find out exactly what is needed. Sometimes like New York City, you have to physically go and register. But a lot of other states, you don't have to. So it really depends. And it's a, it's a very easy process. The other thing is when you do it, when you're signing the marriage license, that's a very tricky thing to do because again, every town, village, county, whatever has their own marriage license. You have to make sure that everything is filled in correctly with black ink, not blue. And you cannot cross a letter out, otherwise it's void. And then the, it's the officiant's responsibility to send that license into the courthouse. So those are the things that you have to do. Other than that, that's it. It's pretty easy. If you get ordained, do you have to get registered in the state where the wedding's... Like, what if the wedding is happening in Milwaukee and you maybe are ordained in New York? Can you go to the, can you perform the wedding in another state or how does it work when you're yes. doing? Okay. I, I live in New York city. I'm ordained here. I'm registered with New York state, but I perform ceremonies all over the country. But again, huh. I always look up the local laws, what is needed. For example, Pennsylvania is very strict, like Philadelphia, you I had to go down there and actually meet with a judge to get permission. So it really depends on the location. Okay. But Agreed. it's getting easier and easier. In in Colorado, you don't need anything. You don't need to be ordained. It really depends on where. What? That's crazy. Yeah, you don't need to be. You can <laughs> self-marry in Colorado. You you can like I'm sorry, you what did can, you say? <laughs> you can Yeah. You can self-marry. It's crazy. You don't need any paperwork. You can stand on top of a mountain in Colorado and pro proclaim you are husband and wife. Not crazy. It's the only That's state. That's crazy. That. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what are the benefits? You can still get the tax benefits? Like, what's this? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, horror story here for you guys. I became an officiant with, with Universal Life Church or, a, uh, I guess, a minister. Anyway, ordained. That was the word. And because I was going to start doing weddings and micro weddings during COVID. So I performed a wedding. I was basically, my mom said, Fallon, you're like Walmart. I was like, yeah, I kind of was. Like I was planning the wedding, doing the, doing all the stuff. And then I would go run up, I would officiate and I'd come back and be like, all right, guys, cocktail hours over here. So oh my <laughs> it God. was, oh, it was insane. But I was like, I had to, I had to figure, because we were doing weddings of like 10 people, 20 people. But I remember signing one of my, it was the first couple I did. And I was like, I, I guess I just sign this here and I just send it back. And then the couple emails me a, a few weeks later saying, hey, there was issue. They got a, a kind of a notice from New York State that I wasn't an actual registered officiant. And I was like, uh oh. So <laughs> I didn't act. I just did the um, New Life Church. I didn't physically register in the state of New York to do it. And I had to do that really quickly. Got it done. And everything's fine. They're married. It's good. They they love me. We talked about it. We're great. But I'm just saying all that to say is do what Tanya says. Make sure you go through all 
do your research, make sure you're understanding exactly what's necessary so that the, if you're having a friend do this, your marriage is actually legal and real. I love <laughs> legal, period. <laughs> With nothing scratched out. Okay, cool. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so we're going to go into some listener emails because... We love getting emails from our, our Betches Brides um, listeners. And we had, we again, we did some outreach. And so I'm going to read an email and we're going to tag team the response together. So you okay. ready? You down? Okay, yeah. let's play. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> All right. The first one says, we have dubbed my fiance's sister our hostess of honor. I didn't want to select a maid of honor out of my four bridesmaids, and she truly is best friends with both of us. So it seems like the perfect fit. Our venue includes a complimentary champagne toast that we want to insert at the beginning of the ceremony. My vision is that after I walk down the aisle, she welcomes all the guests has us face our guests for a social media moment. We all toast, hoop and holler. Then she turns it over to the officiant. Mm. What is your opinion on the best way to make this happen? We really wanted to set the tone for the whole evening and be a memorable moment to kick off the night. Wow, this that is sounds an complicated. Interesting concept <laughs> sounds really complicated to me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, if she if she's absolutely like set on this idea, she can make it work. I mean, I kind of like. Well, f- first of all, what is turning to the guests to make yeah. it a social media moment? What what does that I look think, like? I'm assuming she means that they're all going to turn around and someone's going to have a camera. I, I'm assuming this is a photo op that they will add on social media. I would say have the hostess maybe do a more energetic reading in the beginning, but also it takes, it just takes away from the power of the officiant being the first one to kind of open the show. Right. It makes no sense for her to start with a reading like out of where now I'm trying to think. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking of a wedding that I worked on a couple of years ago at Cedar Lakes which is a beautiful venue, you know it. Um, yes. And they opened it up with a very famous musician. It was a very mm. spiritual wedding, very spiritual. And this famous musician came up front and played a song. And then they had, okay, this is weird, but it worked. 
<laughs> they had sound meditation following that. Oh. Every all the guests did the sound meditation, and then the officiant started. So that's the only time I've ever known of something happening before. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure about this champagne thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's just because the glasses are there. How are we going to get rid of the glasses? Exactly. Is everyone going to drink? Like, there's a lot of logistics that I would. Uh, if you want her to be a hostess of honor yeah i don't i don't know how she could play or unless she op- like you're saying open the show prior to the officiant coming and maybe she could even give some announcements like hey guys we're now that you're all here we're so excited we're going to take a group picture if everyone could just smile at the camera all right thank you all for coming don't forget to turn off your cell phones let's start the show and then the officiant maybe walks down or something you know what she could do? Okay, so I have Ooh. a shtick. This is a little gimmick. <laughs> she could do this. So I, everybody wants an unplugged ceremony. That's like, it's very Period. rare that somebody, yeah. a bride wants <laughs> all the phones in her face, right? So I have a shtick. Sometimes that couples go for, and it was a couple of mine who gave me this like year, like three years ago, and I've been using it ever since, where I tell people, okay, we want unplugged. Everybody wants, you know, silence your phones. But first- Everybody take out your phone. And the bride and the groom want you all to take a selfie or a picture from your perspective Aww. of ceremony and send it to them. And then everybody Love. take your phone. Like, go at, go at it. Get it out of your systems. And then please put the phones away. I and love usually that. that gets people laughing and, it, they're, you know, they're into <laughs> it. And then they put their phones away. So she could, the, the hostess of honor could do that, maybe. I agree. I love that idea. Sold. Yeah. I'm done. Okay. Period. Done. Sold. That's a great answer. All right. We've got your answer. All right. (laughs) Okay. Our next email, it's, hello, Betches Brides. I was wondering if you would be able to help me with my touchy subject. My fiance and I are starting to draft our thank you speech for our wedding reception. From what I understand, we are supposed to mention the specific people who contributed to the wedding financially, and those that have helped with the wedding planning process from the start, i.e. the wedding party. So here's where it gets tricky. His family can't afford to help out financially for the wedding, but to this day, no one in his family has even reached out to help us with anything wedding related, even if it's just for emotional or logistic support. Just so you know, our wedding will be in Hawaii and his entire family is in Hawaii. So we're basically doing this entire wedding to accommodate their location. So this will be a destination wedding for us, but it baffles me that they haven't even offered us any help, even with accommodations, cars, et cetera. Obviously, you can, you can tell that I'm pretty upset about this. Yeah, I got you, girl. So my big question is, <laughs> now we get to the meat. Would it be petty to not mention them in our thank you speech? Do you think I just quickly mentioned thank you for raising an amazing son? Would that be enough? Also, how do you write a memorable thank you speech? I think that's the main question, period. You could have just said all of that, period. Overly anxious bride. Overly anxious bride, I've got so many... <laughs> Girl, the way that I have my thoughts for you, but I'm going to let the person who specializes in writing tell you what I, before I'm about to tell you what I feel about what you, what you got going on here, but keep going. Go ahead. There's a lot going on here. And you know what? There's a, I mean, the poor, poor girl, I, there's (laughs) resentment there, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. And you know what? I deal with that resentment, but don't bring it out at your wedding. Just keep it zipped. Thank everybody for coming. Short and sweet. Uh, you know, maybe mention or that they're all in Hawaii, but I'm sure that her side of the family is not in Hawaii. And so thank everybody for traveling to blah, blah, blah. And, 
you know, it's so wonderful that you're all here and here's a toast to all of you and bye-bye. That's it. But don't that's bring it. this up. Don't bring at it all. Up. No, I don't think there's any roadmap. That's like my, your thank you speech has to have this, 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 and this, your thank you Mm-mm. speech is your thank you speech. Whatever you are thankful for is what you should be saying in that speech. Period. So if you're thanks, exactly. whatever it, you're thankful for the people coming, you're thankful for the food. You don't have to thank the vendors. You don't have to thank anyone. If you don't have to thank the wedding party, thank the people that are really on your heart that you want to use this time to shower with your gratitude. That's all you have to do. And if some people didn't make the list, they make the list. <laughs> They'll know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know, but I I feel her pain. The fact that she's not getting any any help, any support, even emotional, that's, that's hard. It is. But I will say this, you have to also understand what people themselves are experiencing. And you Mm -hmm. have to understand that not everyone's going to do the things the way that you would do them. So I would even go further and say, have you reached out to them to say, are you able to help me? Maybe they are having a feeling they don't want to step on the toes, especially if they're a, a part of the family that maybe is, if it's the groom side and they're like, well, I don't know if we should help and sh- what should we do? Maybe they're having their own internal conversation. So y'all know how I feel about communication on this podcast. Talk about it, especially before wedding day. Cause this sounds spicy. All right. So <laughs> this is caliente darling. All right. So last question. <laughs> Our problem is the efficient. Oh, Okay. Our, <laughs> our problem is the efficient. It was really hard to find a bilingual efficient for our destination Italian-American wedding. So my fiance proposed asking a family member. I instantly thought to ask my sister as she knows my fiance and I so well, and we are super close. My sister was ecstatic and can't wait to officiate. When we told my parents they were fuming, and fuming is in all capital letters, <laughs> they said it was ridiculous to have a sibling officiate and we should just hire an officiant. They think the ceremony will look like me and my sister playing wedding like we did as kids. My parents are worried <laughs> about what older family members will think as it's untraditional, unquote. We said that we are doing it anyway. It's our day. We are paying for it ourselves. End of story. It just bothers me that they keep saying how much they don't like it and keep asking me to change. What advice do you have in this case? Hmm. First of all, there are so many siblings that officiate weddings. That is a very <laughs> common thing. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's wonderful. And I agree. it's funny because I, so I've worked with coaching other people in Italy, especially like 20 or 25 weddings on Lake Como, same place, over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Villa Balbiano, we love you for your support. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I found, I'm tired of seeing that place. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and me both, girl. Go Villa. <laughs> Go Villa Balbiano. Oh, we love you. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really tired of that place. So the lake is, is going to run out of fish. <laughs> exactly. Keep going. Exactly. Exactly. Keep going. <laughs> I've coached a lot of siblings. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I, I I don't know why her parents are so against it. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And but again, are the parents paying for the whole thing? And then we get into the you know, they're not the money dynamics. And I don't know. I would go for the sister. Why not? I hundred percent agree. Because my brother officiated my sister's wedding, and I was like, 
all right, cool. Um, but also, again, you have to communicate and it's understanding they are coming from a place. Cause I had a, I had a couple who their, their parents were paying for the wedding and their parents did, could not understand a first look. They were like, this is, this is blasphemous. You want to see each other before the ceremony? What do you mean? And they had, but after having, I got both, I got the couple and I got their parents on the phone. I was like, all right, let's talk this out. What are you, what is it that you're feeling about this? And then what are you feeling about this? So we weighed all the pros and cons. And we also had to understand that both are coming from very different generations. And they have this this concept of traditional and untraditional. But will it make the wedding not a wedding? And I think it's really just getting your parents to see why this is important to you, but also understanding why it's important to them and seeing if there's any compromise. Is there a way to maybe do your sister and the main officiant, and you can tie them together as like a kind of a duo situation. But you got to hear both. You have to hear your parents out. I, I always say, listen to your parents because they know everything kind of thing. I'm, I still am in that vein. But <laughs> like, there's a reason. Just listen. And there, there's a, there, just, just hear them out, but see if you can make a compromise. I, I totally agree. And maybe it is, <laughs> if I understood correctly, uh, it's a ceremony in Italian and English. Did you yes. get that? Or destination. Yes. Right. So so use the <laughs> Italian officiant. There's so many over there. Yes. You know, and co-officiate. Do it together. That's Maybe that's great. a happy medium, right? Yeah. That part. Yeah. 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 You know, there is so much so many uh family dynamics. I it's just it's crazy and it's all about communication. I have I've been the mediator very often, mm-hmm. you know, to tr- I, I know wedding therapists. They're like <laughs> their business is booming. <laughs> I yeah. I, I'm I'm I think I should actually add that to my resume mm-hmm. and my service list is therapy because there's <laughs> yeah. But it really always comes down to they there's something in their mind or there's something that happened or there's an experience that is making them react this way. Right. And if someone right. is fuming over something, I'm like, we got to get to the bottom of there's there's some trauma there. We're going to dig that out. Like what is happening? Yes. So just yes. talk to your parents, see what's up. You can still do what you want to do, but just hear them out. Absolutely. Tanya, this is my favorite part. We're going to play a game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We've got some unpopular opinions. And we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna read some things and we're gonna see how we feel about them. My producer, she's awesome. She's picked out a few from our listeners. Um, so thank you so much, listeners, for dropping these into our inboxes, DMs, all the things. Um, and we're gonna identify if we agree or disagree. So the first one is the guests always know when the couple is nervous to speak in front of people. We would rather you just say the repeat after me vows. So it's kind of a do the, do they do custom vows even though they're nervous or the repeat after me vows? I think is the Okay, opinion. if they're really nervous and that, you know, <laughs> the truth is that a lot of people are terrified of speaking in public and it, the public speaking fear is bigger than drowning or being in a fire. And it's, it's very real. Really? When, when, yes. It's number one, over drowning and being in fire. Yep. Now, if a couple says to me, <laughs> if they say to me that we're terrified, I do not suggest, don't put yourself through this. But if you really want to write your vows, then say them in private, do it at the first look, write a letter mm-hmm. to each other. Do something else. I recently actually read the vows because the couple was so nervous, but they wanted their vows read in public. So I did it for them. Oh, Yeah. I thought it was a kind of cute idea. So if it's something you really want to do, but if you're petrified, don't put yourself through that because you're just, you know, 
yeah. over a fire or drowning standing yes. in front of other humans. Yes. I cannot believe that. Yep. Look at it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's a very real okay. fear. Yeah. Interesting. So don't put yourself through that. Yeah. But there are always, there are always alternatives. Okay. So mm. moving on to our next unpopular opinion. Toasts during the wedding are so boring. Do them all at the rehearsal dinner. Mm. Agree or disagree? Uh, you know what? It's the one thing people say to me when I when I start working with a couple. <laughs> I'll say, so tell me about, you know, all the weddings you've been to. What did you love? What did you not like? And it's always, oh, the speeches went on and on and on and on. I'm all for like no speeches, but if you have to. <laughs> I, you have to because everybody does. I think the res the rehearsal dinner is a really good idea. Keep the reception one, like maybe one or two max, and give those people a time limit. You may not yes. speak for more than two or three minutes. You know, five, six, ten, forty. I've heard the forty minute one. No, no. no. <gasps> Yeah, no. Oh, I would I would trip over the mic cord and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. We've lost sound. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or the music starts. You know, it's the Academy Awards. Yeah. Boom, you're done. <laughs> Off the stage. No, you know, those speeches are, are ugh. Well, I think the, to me, it's like, it's when the, I love a good speech and you'll love mm. this. When it's performed so well, you're like, Yo, now that was a speech. Yeah. If you have a dynamic yeah. speaker, this is the time to let them shine if they Absolutely. know how to own that room. But when you get the person up there that's scared and shaking, have that person do it at the rehearsal dinner. Only have yeah. the performative folks that know how to work it get up there and do it. And okay, so the other thing is the later the night goes on, the more drunk these people are. And They're not listening. drunk speeches, <laughs> drunk speeches are not yes. a good idea. No. So that's the other thing. Get whatever speech you're going to have, get it over with early on. You know, right when people sit for the appetizer, start a speech and then before the entree and then you're done. No more. The way that I organize kind of my run of show is we'll walk in, everyone sits down, you've got your welcome, your blessing, whoever the, that kind of that, I say your voice of God, whoever is that first, like, let's get it. <laughs> as soon as they're done, the first course comes out. And if you can get two toasts during first course, you're smooth sailing for the rest of the night. If you've got, of course, two more, maybe get them during the entrees, but try and get them out at the, like you're saying, top of the night. Anything after like dessert, girl, bye. <laughs> Done. <laughs> They're so done. <laughs> okay. Two more unpopular opinions. Get legally married before the wedding day so you don't have to care about hiring an actual officiant. Rude. Okay. <laughs> Not needed. Uh, <laughs> why? I mean, yeah, if you're doing a destination wedding, I get it. And that's what it's much easier to, you know, get married beforehand because getting married in Italy is, to, you know, very don't cumbersome. Do <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Um, I don't think you need to get married before. No. So your officiant, the Uncle Johnny, needs to get ordained in his license. Really do it, you know? <laughs> okay, we've got one more unpopular opinion. 
Having to write a message to the couple on a guest book or a welcome portrait is too stressful for guests. Agree or disagree? Mm. Hmm. The way. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's too, if it's too stressful, don't do it. I, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, eh, choose your adventure here. There's no one forcing you uh, right, to write. Right, right, right. If you and want to, you And why can't you, you just it. say, love you? Sign right Alan. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah I mean you do it Write or you it. don't yeah. do it or you don't no one's no one's right. putting you up to it so Tanya any mm. closing words for our listeners our nearlyweds those planning make the ceremony a priority it's mm. sometimes thought of as an afterthought and it's the last thing that people think about make it a priority. Again, those first 20 or 30 minutes are the beginning of the celebration. They're the beginning of your marriage. Make it really important. Sure, the food, the flowers, the dancing, the mu- all of that is important to you. But that ceremony is, it needs, it needs love. Give it a lot of love. It's the reason we're all celebrating. Exactly. It's why we've all come there. It's all, it's the only reason we're here. We can't have the cake without the ceremony first. So I be, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Tanya, where can we follow you on social or online? The Val Whisper on any of the platforms and it's the valwhisper.com website. Well. All right, you guys can follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram and you can follow me at I am Fallon Carter. Be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Betches.